0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Ranch in the North Woods of Wisconsin. And it's a nice winter day. Uh, I can honestly say it's a little bit warmer. Uh, it is. I mean, we're like in the positives rather than the negatives. and uh, But it's January here currently, depending on when you're listening to it. We're currently sitting in January and living in Wisconsin in January, I expect cold. We do. So that's okay. I choose that. I know that. And I embrace that. And I pray for spring. Yeah. I think yeah. last year it fell on a Saturday.
1: It did. <laughs> and uh, it was over on a Sunday. That's right. And then, and then, we, went in, and then we went into summer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I always laugh about up here because it doesn't seem like there is a spring. We go from winter, it gets all muddy, and then all of a sudden it's summer. and oh. you know, it, Somehow spring is missing.
0: You never know. I mean, sometimes we actually do get a spring. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I think it's going to sp- be spring. And then you get 20 inches of snow this yeah. week, 18 inches of snow the next week. And it's like mid-April. I mean, last year. So we're huge gardeners, my wife and I. Yeah. Uh, well, she's made me a big gardener. You're not, and that, I enjoy you're it. not that big of people. I, I, yeah, whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huge gardeners. I picture these two really, really obese people out there.
0: Oh, I love your literal, literal mind. Yeah. But what I was saying is, so, I mean, here we have a short season for gardening right if, you, if you're a gardener like we're lucky to have things where we can plant after mother's day right you know and usually we try to push it and even sometimes plant before then right. which is risky um but you think by mother's day usually around here right you're fairly safe and so you do it last year may 28th yeah. it snowed yep snowed like full-on covered the ground snowed yep like how are you supposed to grow tomatoes
1: i don't know I don't know, but if you have any tips, this year, I'm growing roses. Forget the food. Roses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going food. Oh, you just want to be a thorn. I mean, I'm going roses. Um, you want to grow th- some thorns, huh? No. Uh, you know what? I had these ugly bushes, tore them all out, and my house has a southern exposure. And it gets really sunny and hot on that side. Yeah. And I'm going to throw rose bushes in there just for the fun of it and see what happens. So there you go. I got I to gotta get to that. That's my latest challenge. Who knows? Uh, for now for now, that's the fun thing for now. Um, Anyway, I invite you to go back to our previous programs because uh, Jason and I have these discussions that I think might value, um, might be of value to you. So go back there, you can go to .org and figure out how to get these delivered to you even, because they're podcasts, so we we invite you to do that. Invite you to check out Nicolay Bible Institute. Uh, Love working with young people here on these grounds because they're our future. Love having them in a position where we can help them see who God is. I keep encouraging young people especially to understand that the most powerful statement they will ever make to the next generation following them is the behavior that they demonstrate in public and in private, obviously, but they need to demonstrate what love looks like. They need to demonstrate what consistency looks like. And we should all be working on the, the various aspects of growth in our life from the you know, time, we can actually think about it till the time we die, we should be getting more and more Christ-like somehow. Mm-hmm. And the way people learn that is by watching other people do it. Right. So be an example. That's the best way to teach. And you may not be able to change the whole world, but you need to get up every day and decide to do what you should do today and do it in a way where if somebody's watching you, they can imitate you and you will be a good leader at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you realize if somebody imitates me, no matter who it is, their life will be better if they imitate me, and I will allow them to do that and yeah. let them in my life enough to do that because you know I look at um, young people when I'm teaching them and I talk about how valuable how important marriage is, and I can see the puzzled look on some of their faces
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm thinking, have you not seen a marriage that's worth imitating mm have you not seen a marriage that when you see it, you go, I want to be like that. Yeah. Then I feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the goals I have is I want to have that kind of marriage. I want to have a kind of marriage where if a college person sees us and we've been married, you know, 42 years, Yeah. but if they see us, they go, you've been married 42 years mm-hmm. and you actually like each other and are committed to each other, yes. Okay, now now they can watch something and they can learn that it can be done. Yeah. I wouldn't want them, I'm not saying that our marriage is, is perfect and they should imitate everything in it, but I'm saying I, I understand the importance of doing things in a way where people can see that it can work yeah. and not just hiding all the time. Our society is very hidden, mm-hmm. um, very seldom do you know what's going on in the house next door if you're in the city, Yeah. and you just don't see it. You only see the public life they'll allow you to see uh, never used to be that way by the way uh, farm families used to live in big groups mm-hmm. and so you always saw other people and how they lived and there was plenty of example around so yeah that's why i like camp and working here through the years and you get the chance to do that now uh, jason with your family mm-hmm. they get to participate in your daily life yeah yeah. which is hugely different than just telling them you should serve. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, we've been going through a list, and we've taken a break for a couple programs from it.
0: Yeah, sometimes we get distracted and we just start talking. My actually, problem. Most of the time, I,
1: I so. take the responsibility for that. I'm a distractor. Um, that's okay. Uh, by trade.
0: That's the, that's the organic part of our discussion. Yes. So we're, we're certified organic this show.
1: That's right. And uh, I don't think we have any GMOs either, whatever those are. There you go. I, I yeah, hopefully no, <laughs> hopefully no government influence either. <laughs> I'm, all right, enough of that. Enough of that. We digress. I was going through a list of things that I would love to teach the next generation, and we talked about defining what success looks like. Again, you have to go back and get the programs if you want them. Uh, what you know? What does it mean to have a full workday, or you work an hour? What does an hour of work actually look like? Mm-hmm. Talked about that. Uh, being a lifelong learner, being a linchpin. We talked about identifying the giftedness that you have in the body uh, because you're a knee or an elbow or something, if you're a believer. And and the different isn't really bad. Different is good, uh, but you need to be the best different and function the way you're different is supposed to. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm an elbow and I'm a knee, there's a different function there, but I'm going to function the way I should, Yeah, if that makes sense. And then there's a continued list. Shall I go on with the list? Let's do it. Okay. The next thing I wanted to mention to a young person, if I, if I could, would be, you need to be committed to the process of becoming who you can be instead of relying on who you are. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's what I mean by that. It's so easy to say, I am gifted in this area. I'm gifted here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so all your life you spend in that area, you never realize what you could do outside that area. Mm-hmm. You never realize how that area could be expanded. Yeah. because you're not challenging yourself outside of that because you're afraid of failure mm-hmm. I would encourage you to fail boldly go ahead and try stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not the minute you start depending on your giftedness you are depending on something other than God and I really think that he puts you in positions in life where you shouldn't depend on anything human mm-hmm. so you're stretching yourself yeah. you're looking at things and saying I don't know if this can be done or not but I'm going to try it yeah, and, and move out forward. And if you fail, you fail. That is not a statement as to your value or your worth. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would rather have people around me who have an idea and try it and fail. Yeah. And uh, I know, Jason, we've seen plenty of ideas and plenty of trying and plenty of failures. And yeah. we've seen some of those turn into great successes along the way. But you got to try it and not just stay where you're at in your lane all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and get out of it and try something different Absolutely. or something that's somewhat connected. You know, mm-hmm. I love teaching, okay, so I love teaching. Well, then all of a sudden it's, why don't you come and do some radio stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. So I just did that for a little bit. Now I'm doing podcasts. And so I'm out of the lane a little bit. I'm not in front of a group of students. But at the same point, I'm, I'm expanding what I do. Yeah. Um, I am not much of a writer because of my background in grammar and et cetera, <laughs> um, but I have been writing, yeah. and I love writing now and and I've been using so I went to uh, i I'm not sure if you're allowed to use uh, terms I'm not endorsing a program necessarily, but I went to a program grammarly mm-hmm. and and I because it helps me learn grammar yeah okay i'm sixty six years old this year, and I'm in a program trying to learn where commas go there you go you know I mean right. Now, the funny thing is, honestly, I would say, who cares where a comma goes? I, who cares? And, and I've given things to editors, and they put commas in different places. Yes. So I don't know what the rules are. I don't know either. And I don't really care. However, I need to learn how to put them somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> in the end, you got to—
0: If any editor is adding a comma to your stuff, <laughs> then you at least need to know that you should add something.
1: I, I know. Uh, one person that edits my stuff said— you are like the comet, comma omitter king. Sure. I mean, you missed a run-on sentence here. <laughs> okay, fine. So I'm learning. So I thought, you know what? I am going to, in my older age here, I am going to write things on a place that keeps correcting them. Uh-huh. And each time I'm going to try and learn why they corrected it. Yeah. So that the day that I die, I guess, I can say I learned a few things on how to write. Yeah. Now, should I be doing that at 66 years old? Or should I just say, that's not me, here's what I do? Well, what I love doing is teaching. Teaching has to do with communication. There's a lot of ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to keep developing those ways. Yeah. And that's what I'm telling young people to do. Don't don't sit and say, this is what I do well, so I'm gonna develop my whole life around this, this one thing and I'm not gonna expand it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, do what you do well, that's fine and then look for ways that you can expand it. Yeah. And look for ways that always I think would stretch you so you can't trust your skill, talent. You yeah. can't you can't trust that. You trust God. And honestly if God uses what you do, good for you. Yeah. You know, so since then I've written books, I've done um, you know, the radio things, obviously I teach at a college level, teach and and then I love as you know, I love going to teach 8-year-olds. Mhm. Why? Because the challenge is wonderful. Yeah. I need to make it so that they can hear it and understand it. And you've come to me before and said, I want you to teach this. It's it's all families. It's, you yeah. know, they're going to have toddlers in there all the way up to grandma and grandpa. Yep. And I look at that. I, I don't think I've ever turned you down on that one. Mm-mm. But that's a challenge, by oh, the yeah. way.
0: Yep, to teach a six-year-old and a, in a 66-year-old. It,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So when I look at that, instead I say, okay, here's a chance for me to try and learn mm-hmm. how to communicate to multi-generations in one room at the same time. Yeah. Now, again, is that an ideal situation? Probably not. But it is something where I want to learn how to do it. Will I fail at it? Pro- I, probably. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, probably I missed a few... You know, toddlers in what I said, and maybe I missed a few older people in what I said. I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. But at least the challenge was there. So you go in there, and and if anyone's heard me teach the groups like that, I I am a simple teacher. I try and keep things simple, because older people can understand simplicity, and so can younger people. Then. Yeah. You know, so it's not like I want to get overly complicated in what I say. So it's saying like you know there's a God and I'm not him. And the kids laugh and the adults nod their heads yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so it's like, okay. Or I'll tell, you know, right in the middle of a message, I'll look at a young guy and say, you know, God's older than you. Mm -hmm. And again, the the adults nod and approve and the kids look at you in amazement like, oh yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, but still you're teaching everyone then. Because you're saying something um, you've seen some uh, props I've gotten lately to use in speaking. Yeah. They're simple props. Oh, yeah. But, see, I just want to put them in front of somebody and say, do you think this happened by accident? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have this globe thing suspended in there. You know, you think that happened by accident? And everyone's going to say no. I said, neither did creation then. And then go on. Yeah. Now, I don't care what age you are. Right there you said something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and And for me, that's the challenge is – What can I do to not stay in my total lane of what I what would be maybe ideal teaching situation, Mm -hmm. and how can I grow so that I can adapt, and how can I always be in a position to trust God for the results and not Dave? Yeah. Well, you know that's what I'm encouraging you to do as a young person, and what I'm encouraging people younger than you to do. Yeah. Is keep looking at what it means to do things and get to those positions where they can expand. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. And you know, the the other side of it too is that if you don't push yourself to kind of expand what you're pushing yourself to do, you kind of just get in a rut. I feel like. Very much. You know, and it almost you almost put on autopilot. Yeah. You know, and I think that can be dangerous, too. And so I think even in the, what you're talking about, there's there's value in, in pushing yourself to continue to grow, which is it, what God wants us to do anyways, you know, and continue to hone in on that. Because as humans, our tendency is 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 to stay in our comfort zone. Absolutely. You know, and so sometimes that even overflows in, in our daily walk with God is that sometimes we just get in a rut because it's like, well, I'm comfortable here. But I think even on a, on a, on a, just an individual basis on our own walk with God, we need to push ourselves so that we're not dependent on ourselves, but we're dependent on God. And because that's where he wants us to be is to be dependent on him, you know? And I think sometimes if we were to look back at our lives, the moments where we've seen probably the most, um, ways in which God has, has used us is in the places that we've been willing to be pushed. Right. You know, and that's, that's the unique thing there. You know, it's more than just... Learning things at an old age, I think at any age of life, it's important to push yourself and to set goals because it's it's what it's it's that process of sanctification. It's pushing us to get out of our comfort zone. It's it's molding us and shaping us into the the men and women that God has called us to be.
1: Right. You know. Well, and again, that's that's so, I think, vitally important because it's a process we're talking about here that you start from a young age. Right. And if you're a young person, I want you to know, yeah, you have been gifted and talented. But never get in the pattern of saying, that's where I'm resting. Right. I'm going to continue to expand that. And in the process, allow yourself to fail. Absolutely. There's no way to do it if you have to be perfect at everything when you start. Right. Um, And, you know, I mean, here, Jason, at at Silverbridge Ranch, we teach so many things to young people. Yeah. From driving a stick shift to driving a truck they've never driven, a dump truck to all kinds of things that they've never done. And we have seen people rip doors off of vehicles because they weren't looking and the door was open, hit a tree. We have seen dented bump. I mean, there is a price we pay for teaching. Mm -hmm. However, we're still in the teaching mode. And in order to do that, you're going to experience mistakes by people because you're asking them to try something they've never done.
2: Right. Right,
1: and you have to have a a a mind frame where you say this is okay. Not you never authorize mistakes. No, but you're authorizing the try. Right, and you're patient with the mistakes. Right, and I think that's very important. And I think
0: you bring up the other perspective of it too: is you need to allow the people around you to grow too. Right, you know, because some of us sometimes want to keep control of certain things. You know, I even see that as a dad, as I my oldest boy is eight now. Right. And he's starting to learn more. And, and I have to make a mental shift of, you know, hey, dad, I want to make pancakes this morning. You know, where's the, you know, and he wants to do it all by himself. And so as a dad, I have to transition from him being in my mind five years old to right. treating him as an eight year old and saying, all right, here's the stuff. Okay. Let me know if you have any questions. Why? Because that's what he, that's what he needs to do. Right. But sometimes, I mean, and that's a simple situation, but sometimes we, we just want to keep doing it for them. Absolutely. But it doesn't help them. And so even in leadership, and that's the one thing I enjoy here about Silver Ranch is that, you know, we try to create that safe atmosphere for young people, whether it's in high school and college age, to take those steps to grow in leadership. Yep. Um and are there mistakes? Like you said, we have broken <laughs> yep. broken things and messed up things and it happens. But it's in an atmosphere where we then can come alongside and be like, okay, let's let's learn from this so that next time you can you can do this right. And th- right. there's so much value in that. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's so important. So it, it's really both sides. You know, be willing to grow yourself, but then also be willing to create an atmosphere for those around you to grow, too. Yeah.
1: You know, it's always easier for you to do what you know to do and uh, not let somebody else learn it. Right, right. Always, always easier. Always easier. Always. So quick. We need to quit taking the easy route and realize that the reason we know it is because somebody allowed us to go through it. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's so valuable for young people and for parents and for teachers. Let people go through it. You're watching them at times make mistakes.
0: Oh, yeah. Or you even know that it's going to happen. Like, I keep going back to my son. Yeah. So I, they like omelets sometimes in the morning. And so I have a pan where you can, like, right. I just flip it right. in the pan. And so he sees me do that, and he's like, Dad, can I make an omelet? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to oh, be a disaster. disaster. But I'm like, okay, he, he wants to do it, you know. And so I'm like, all right, let's 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 try to do it. And he hasn't been brave enough to try to do the flip yet. But it, in my mind, I had to embrace myself like, all right, when this flip comes, yeah, it's going to go everywhere. Yeah, Like, I just know it. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to the – if you guys follow us on social media at Silver Ranch, we did an SBR Insider yeah. about a year and a half ago where we made Buckboard Breakfast and Dave – Tried to flip some potatoes yeah. and they ended up all over the yeah. stove. Yeah. You know, it's just part of
1: the learning process. It is. It is. You know, and you know, I mean, through life, when you and I have been together and do things, I will try anything. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean if you say, I want you to cook this, yeah, I'll give it a try. But I'll laugh when I make a mistake because it's like, well, now I've learned you don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, now you have to do this. Right. And I think for all of us, that's just a very valuable thing in life to learn. And I think it's, I look back at my dad, he was, Somebody who promoted that kind of thing, he let us do things and make mistakes, even though he could do them better, faster. He let us do them and he let us make the mistake.
0: Right. Well, and even going along with this, and I think we touched on it in a different episode, but I want to say it again, is that some of the things that we learn, we almost want to keep a monopoly on. Don't do that. Right. You know, whether it's, you know, how to fish, how to hunt, how to, you know, use a chainsaw, you know, a a certain spot where there's berries, you know, whatever it is, like, share that. Right. You know, like I understand like, oh, man, I don't want to give up where I found these morel
1: mushrooms. Yeah. It's
0: like, how is somebody else going to enjoy that?
1: Right. If
0: you don't share that knowledge, if you don't help somebody else grow. Yeah. And, and if
1: you can do it with someone like your son's age, if yeah. you can do it then they have a whole lifetime to enjoy it. Right. Which is huge. Let yeah. them do that. You know, I mean, this is this is so important. The idea, of of course, helping other people. Yeah. But I, I think if you're committed to a process. And and you're helping others be committed to that process, then you will learn a lot. Yeah, you know I am no mechanic. I've said it before on a show, maybe a long time ago. Uh, for one of the first times I changed the oil in a car, I emptied the radiator and put it in there. And my dad came out and he realized what I did, and he thought, "Oh, okay, you know, because yeah. I told him I knew where the oil was." Oh, sure. And he said, "Okay, well, here's what you do. You know, you t- you do this at the bottom, and you." Here's what you do. I, I, you sure you know where? To, yeah, I know. I, I've watched you. Okay, so I went out and did it. And of course, there was a smile. I kind of no son. You know, yeah. There was no condemnation. There was no, yeah. It was. You really thought that was where it went. Yeah. And of course, I could see him chuckling. Oh so yeah. So it was like, okay, this is a a winner. You know, this is one of those things you'll think about the rest of your life. that yeah. yeah. You, you shouldn't put oil in the radiator. Yep. Um. You put four quarts of oil in the radiator, you know, it holds more. So we had to drain that and we had to put water back in it and, yep, yep. you know, all that kind of good stuff. But he wasn't mad. right? Uh, uh, and that's what you got to do. You got, you got to look for ways to let your child, it's so hard to watch them fail. It is so hard for you right, to look at them and say, oh no, this yep. is, I'm watching them throw that egg in the air. Right, right. It's going to. Stick on the ceiling, you know. I mean, or get all over the yeah, way. I, I it is. know yeah. it's yep. gonna happen, and uh, well, don't worry about it. It, it. Those things will, you're a lifelong learner, help other people around you. A lot of times, when young people come to us at Silver Ranch and they're not willing to branch out and learn, it's because at home they weren't allowed to, hmm. and to have the freedom to try something and not feel like a failure, yeah. You can fail at things without being a failure. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I would suggest that maybe a lot of things you do, you're gonna fail at. Mm -hmm. There are some professions you get into that failure costs a lot more. Yeah, And I would be very careful to set it up so that failure's minimized in those. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of a doctor, a surgeon. right? And if you look at their system of education, it's fascinating because they have Interns and residents, and boy, before you get to go on your own, you have done just about everything you need to do with somebody watching you, but they allow you to do it. Yeah. But they're there right. to make sure it's done right. In that particular case, you want to end up knowing where the liver is if you're a liver surgeon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You really want to know that one. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that you never, ever care about the results. But I am saying that you need to stretch yourself and yeah. figure out new ways to do things, and I think that's why even in the medical field there are new treatments and new diagnoses and new. Um, my wife and I, as many of our listeners know and you know, is we're going through a battle with cancer, and it's really quite amazing to see how many things they try, mm-hmm. and in the in the trying part, it's refreshing to me to actually talk to them because they they keep working at getting better at what they do. Yeah. And they will share with us, here's the results from this. You know, we failed this many times, and, and it worked this many times. And, and I'm realizing how much of a guessing game hmm. uh, a lot of that really is. Yeah. And when it's a guessing game, it's not that you don't use knowledge. It's that you use the knowledge you have while you continue to look for ways to improve it. Right. And then you do the testing so you see whether you improved it or not. And you may not have, so that becomes a fail, but it's not like you go backwards really because you you haven't heard it, you just haven't been successful at making it better yet. Yeah. And um, boy, I think, yeah, I'm glad medical people do that in a way that allows them to get better at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and what i found is in uh, something like breast cancer, the treatments are pretty much the same as they have been for years, but in a lot of other cancers, my goodness, the treatment is much different. Yeah. Because they've learned so much and tried so much and, and did so many things that either worked or didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I know all of us want to be the people where it works on.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: But they call medical things a practice for a reason, yeah. and it is. And if you think that you can trust the medical practice, you can't. But you should go to it and use it. yeah. And ask God to help you understand what you need and what you don't. And it's the same process, never get to the point where you don't trust God because that's where your trust should be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's the growing part in right. life. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even as we go through cancer now, one of the things that strikes me is there's a lot of things in my world that I had academically understood that we have to understand.
2: Mm.
1: And again, it's the growth process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, one of the verses we, we're focusing on is, is God teach us to number our days. Mm. Now I knew that verse. I even taught on it. I mean, that that's academically right. Yeah. Nobody would disagree with me. You have a certain number of days. Mm-hmm. But you know, with cancer and with the uncertainty, and now our conversations with doctors have been around the how long do you think somebody will live with this? How long do you think somebody will live with that? Yeah. So we're continually around a discussion that says, brevity of life, brevity of life, brevity of life. Yeah. Where when we were your age, we didn't have that discussion on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask me if I thought the brevity of life existed at your age, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. But now if you ask me, I'd say yes. So no different answer, Yeah. but actually a different understanding, mm-hmm. I think, at this point. Um, so... Yeah, I invite you to go listen to some of the other podcasts. Uh, we're only through about six of those things. I've got ten that I want to share, so we'll get to them in future podcasts. someday
0: we'll get to them. But for now, you can go back and sift through all the podcasts that we've done. Head over to silvertranch.org, and you can find the uh, you know past episodes. The younger and older, I think there's over four hundred of them now. Yes, um, so so it'll keep you busy. That's for sure. Four
1: hundred and this is four fifty two. Four fifty two.
0: How about that? So plenty of plenty of content for you guys to listen to or to, you know, listen to on double speed or something, but uh, uh, hopefully it's encouraging to you and we continue to to encourage you to to not just listen, but to actively take steps to to say, all right, if God's poking you, if the Holy Spirit is moving, take action and and take the learning it to the next step. But for now, this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.